Hello and welcome to PostgreSQL, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I'm Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hot updates, hot updates or hot updates? Let's discuss yeah. this. Heap only tuple tuple. We're, tuple. we're at that point again. Heap only tuple updates. So let, let's start from short story. First time I was in the US, it was 2008. I came for, for the conference in Maryland and I was in New York. First time I entered to Starbucks and they ask me what I want. I say a coffee like a cappuccino or something. They ask me, it should be hot or cold. And I say hot. And the, they give me, of course, cold because they hear you know, the Amer- American pronunciation is hot, not hot. hot. So hot. hot. And if you say hot, they can hear cold, actually, because wow. it's oh, oh. So, okay, hot updates or hot updates. Who serves cold <laughs> cappuccinos? Wow. Yeah, anyway. it's, 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 you should live here for a while to understand. Yeah, I wish I lived in a climate where that was a reasonable thing to do. But yeah, so actually this is a listener question and topic suggestion. So thank you to Andy for this one. The question was effectively, when should I think about tuning fill factor? What kind of for tables. kind of workloads? For yes, yes. For-, for tables, I guess, but he actually didn't specify. But yeah, because he asked about hot updates, I'm assuming tables and what kind of workloads would it be worth customizing for? So yeah, really good yep. question. And to answer it, we kind of really have to dive into what heap only tuple updates are, how they help, the advantages, that kind of thing. Right, and this is one of the questions which are originally closer to infrastructure level, like DBA, DBRE, but I see it clearly that developers should learn it as well and understand it better because like, this is one of administrative topics which uh, are very beneficial to learn for developers, for uh, people who write SQL, not just maintain Postgres nodes. Because this, depending on which indexes you define and how you write your queries, you can benefit from hot updates from having or or you can avoid it right so of course i wish we had all updates hot but it's not possible of course and of course a fill factor by default is 100 for, for tables we, we should probably start, should start from basics right what, what uh, fill factor is and how updates are happening according to postgres and vcc model yeah let's start with how updates happen without this optimization so before version 8.3 before your 2008 story actually it was around about that same time that they this got added um all updates 8.3 you say right yes the, the same version which which got uh, xml data type and functions i remember it oh well. wow so of course yeah. your one so yes so same version and that means there were times before this optimization so and, and of course we have regular updates or cold updates i've heard, i've seen them called at least once so by default, Postgres, because, uh, due to MVCC and I guess other uh, design decisions, will create a new tuple for each. Like if you do an update on, on a row, you'll get a new tuple and an, uh, you'll have an old one that gets marked eventually as dead and cleaned up once once no transactions can see it anymore. And cleaned by vacuum, by vacuum. It's cleaned later asynchronously, so independently by our activities, right? Yeah, exactly. So the main optimization here, and there are some caveats, is that we can, if there's enough space on the page, which is eight kibibytes by default, and usually it's all. Yeah, total size of the page is, is eight kibibytes, and total amount 
left free is is generally zero. So Postgres would try and pack these pages as much as it can by default. That's that's the fill factor we were talking about briefly. So by default, you have 100% or 100 as the default fill factor. So it won't leave space in them. Yeah, exactly, for tables, yeah. For the cross-file index, it's 90, okay. Yeah, or B-tree, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this optimization, with some caveats, will try and update a row on the same page. So the new t- the new tuple ends up on the same page as the old one and tidies it up, like, without needing a vacuum, is my understanding. So, yeah, the main caveat is there needs to be enough space on the page and... The other one is that it needs to be updating columns that are not indexed in any way. Right. And here is very important. So, right. Two conditions should be met. You're absolutely right. Enough space in page. And we are, by the way, we are skipping discussing toast here. We assume yeah. if, if, if we insert value which exceeds page, it's shrinked and toast tables are used and shrink to like two kibibytes and also compressed. Like... But uh, we, we skip it here. But so, okay, of, of course, uh, the space should be there inside our page. A second reason, second condition says, you, say, you said indexed columns, but indexed should be defined by, like pro, uh, explicitly. What, what, what does it mean, indexed? Of course, if you create index on some column, this you, means you, if this column is indexed. Okay, but what if you use a column column inside where clause uh, meaning you create a partial index yeah partial or expression indexes count too i believe right right so if if a column is not used in any indexes inside like the main body of definition but or including covering indexes right but it's used only inside where clause it's also counted as like being used and if you update such column you you cannot have hot updates unfortunately and the very popular example here is having a column called, for example, modified at. Yeah. And you just modify time and that's it. And then you say, I want to index only part of my table where modif- modification happened only recently. And that's it. You you put like create some index where blah, 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 where modified at is in this, in this year only, for example. And that's it. If you try to modify modified at, column updated you don't have hot updates never so like it's not possible or i mean you you any update will modify this column because modify that usually updated by some trigger or by application itself but uh, any update is supposed to to insert new value inside this column meaning yeah. you will always be touching uh, a column which is participating in some index definition so you will never have hot updates i have an article about it so <laughs> about this because i i've hit it in production i i thought I, i'm optimizing things but i lost hot updates completely and it was uh, it was not good in terms of performance yeah. actually qu- question why like okay these two conditions are met but why do we want it right? why, yeah that's a really what's good the, point. what's Let's the benefit back. so my understanding is the the without this optimization update heavy workloads become very difficult on postgres so it, we get what's famously called write amplification the uber blog post is like the most extreme i think example i've seen of this in the wild but if we have a actually there's a really good agen blog post on this more recently as well but the way they explained it i thought was really neat which is if we have a single row that has let's say 10 indexed columns doing a single update to that row 
requires us to not just write to a new page in the heap on the, in the table, but also to update 10 index pages too. So for one update, we have 11 updates, even if that update doesn't update an index column. So even if those are effectively unnecessary updates, whereas with this optimization, if we are updating a, a single column that's not involved in any of those 10 indexes, we can get away with a single page right instead of 11. And that's a huge benefit, obviously. Right. So, uh, yeah, the, the Postgres, all Postgres indexes are direct, unlike in some other database systems uh, where sometimes th th there is discussion, should we have indirect indexes as well? This, these discussions pop up periodically and probably like we should. For example, in some, some design could be only primary keys, indexes which support primary keys uh, are direct, meaning that they point to heap and other indexes could point to primary keys. And in this case, we would not need to update all of them. But currently in Postgres, all indexes point to heap. They say this page and some offset. And if an index doesn't have visibility information, this is the key also to understand it. So visibility means which is this tuple dead or still alive for our transaction. And yeah. it means that index should, uh, you need to consult with heap to understand it. And, and this means that if you, if the sum tuple is dead, indexes uh, and, and new, new, new ah, also we forgot to say in, v, in VCC, in Postgres, basics of it. Any update means uh, some tuple. You actually described it. A tuple is deleted and new, new tuple is created. A tuple is a raw version, physical raw version. And since index doesn't know which is live, it needs to have both old one and new one because old one probably still needed for some transactions. And so, right, if we have 10 indexes, we need to create to, to, to change all of them and later auto, auto vacuum or regular manual vacuum will need to clean up all of them, all that entries there. And also page split can happen, like very like affecting performance even more if some index and B3 index uh, already don't have space in some page. Although the fill factor for the indexes and between indexes is 90, so some space should be there. But if not, a new page needs to be created, split happens, uh, like it's it's penalty for performance. While we're on the advantages or the benefits of this, there's a few others that I know we've covered in other episodes briefly. But as well as not needing to update the indexes, as well as less bloat in the indexes as, as a result, there's also potential for less bloat in the table long term. Right. There's less right ahead log generation normally i believe it would normally be faster the correlated data stays correlated so when we were talking about brin indexes for example so there's a bunch of other oh yeah also i think reduced vacuum overhead because some of this is being tidied up right as we, we, we do, let's don't touch additional in-page vacuum which happens on, on the fly here but like it's too much details uh, usually yeah. dba is usually more let, let's let's focus on performance for developers so right hot updates usually as, are much much better meaning that you your actual update is much lighter so if you check explain and analyze buffers you will see that your update uh, modified much fewer buffers right Make, mm -hmm. made them dirty or, or written and, and and this is great and of course here in this topic we should not use only micro analysis we need to check many of uh, update cases so it makes sense to generate some benchmark 
and take your yeah. data, your uh, like simulate your workload and see how many updates are hot. It's easy to you, you just need to inspect pg.stat.user tables. It has both number of tuples updated and number of tuples updated uh, in hot manner, and updated includes hot, of course. So it's like yeah. you cannot uh, summarize them. One includes the other. And the ratio is easy to get. And the closer to 100 you are, the better performance will be because, again, uh, buffers buffers rule works here as well, right? The fewer buffers will be touched because fewer indexes need to be adjusted. And that's a really good point. It's possible that you're already, even without doing any tuning, you might already be achieving close to 100% hot updates so there might be right. it might be, there might be no need to change your settings equally in that situation you need to be very aware of that because if you if you do anything to prevent hot updates like you mentioned briefly earlier if you add an yeah. index yeah yeah yeah. Add I, it, I, yeah yeah it was a ruby application very interesting like very good startup acquired by a large company later in san francisco and i was advising them and i said oh here we we can reduce our index size and its scope just making it partial. Let's do it. We will put uh, this column to where clause indexes much smaller, faster. Great. By the way, also worth pointing that if we have a partial index, if its scope in terms of how many rows is out of our change. So, I mean, change ha is happening outside. This index ne doesn't need to be touched, of course. So, yes. if, if a one of our 10 indexes is saying like it's indexed only this part of table, but we change another part of table. Of course, this index doesn't need to be changed. But in my case, I, I speeded up my query, but then we deployed it. And then I suddenly see that hot updates, uh, I, I was checking uh, pgstat user tables, and, uh, gathering statistics, showing that we, we're good, we're good, we ha have so many hot updates. And then suddenly after release, it dropped like, to zero, basically. And I, yeah. I oh, what's happening? And then I realized, so I explained this case in, in uh, my article. Actually, this is a quite bright case, which says that our changes should be tested in at, at various angles, not only f for our workload, but questions should, should be, will other parts of our work workload be affected? And uh, I didn't see so far comprehensive testing, like the testing whole workload every time. It's quite quite big and expensive task but i like still there are some ideas and some in some cases we achieved i mean I, i've built some systems which are close uh, or it's easier like you would need press a button and have this kind of testing but it's another topic of course so in terms of what developers can do i guess being aware of what their current state is is a really good starting point so checking that view for highly updated tables and just getting a sense of what's the current proportion of updates that are hot is a is a right. great starting point if it's zero you might have room for a lot of improvement if it's a hundred you might need to be very careful but anything in between there might be room i guess for a bit of optimization right right having good monitoring which observes all tables and pgstat user tables and observes it it, it, it helps and but also of course having a regular update it doesn't hurt originally like it's not it's okay to have it right but uh, yeah, if yeah. you expect that this table write performance matters a lot and also uh, data volumes are huge and uh, data grows so vacuum 
pressure on vacuum will be high, a lot of work to, to, to delete with these dead entries both in heap and uh, all indexes, right? Of course, it makes sense to try to achieve a higher ratio for hot updates, hot updates. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the bigger your workload, the more this percentage improvement will help you. Question to you, actually, as an expert in explaining plans and, 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 and so on. Do you think having auto-explain running with buffers options enabled for slow queries can help to identify issues? For example, we have update which, became, which was slow. We see it in auto-explain log and we see a lot of buffers involved. We know that we update just one row, but why so many buffers? Meaning that maybe many indexes were involved. Of course, maybe this update includes select subquery. So, so that's why we, we try to find which row we want to update. This is another reason for it. But this would, no, this would mean that the buffers are, are in red. I mean, hit in red, in red, right? But if we see a lot of buffers dirted and written, yeah. Also might be related to hint bit, but updating hint bits a different story. But do you think it's a sign? Like we we see a big number, so probably we should try to understand what's happening with hot update ratio. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the kind of thing where you can spot that there is an issue, but you you can't necessarily tell what the issue is, and it, this would be a very big sign of it. Like even in select queries, we we now to try and point out when we think there's a disproportionate number of blocks even shared blocks hit or read versus the amount of data being returned because that's normally a sign of bloat but it can be a sign of other issues as well so it's it's one of those ones where a high number of blocks might mean you've got a low a hot update proportion but it could be a sign of other things so yeah definitely yeah it definitely feels like the kind of thing where you could point out there's a problem and and suggest some things to look into all right all right so checking pgstat user tables this is number yeah. one thing here okay good and uh, if we, for example, achieve high number, we should like keep watching, right? That's it. It's yeah, easy. monitoring again, isn't it? In terms of what people can expect in terms of speed ups or in terms of like reduction in some of these numbers, I've, I think the AGM blog post I read was the best um, like real case I saw. So they they well, they had a serious amount of write ahead log generation, but they reduced it by oh. about 20, about twenty percent or so. That feels like an interesting num like interesting number to me. So right. I don't think people are necessary. I don't think people should expect you know 10x improvements in some of these things. This is a very good point. So it's not only about timing of your update, but also you generate a lot of wall data, and means yeah. that you put additional pressure to your backup system and also to replication system. So yeah. more more bytes should be trans transferred to standby nodes, both physical and logical. So it's like a lot of work. And having Postgres 13 or later helps here because in PGSA statements uh, and ex in explain analyze, you will see wall metrics, how many bytes and how many uh, full page inserts happened and so on. This is great, great point. Also, actually, uh, you mentioned this earlier, uh, having Postgres 13 or 14 or maybe 15 helps as well because B3 will be more compact, right? In this case, how how is it related to hot updates? We have, even updates became not hot, we, we have a smaller penalty in terms of maintaining index state, right? There's a there's a good video by Lucas Fittle on this that came out around mm -hmm. about that time. That ah, you, it's about uh, let's delete from. It's, it was originally a Percona blog post, I guess. It, oh, okay, great. Right, let, let's delete from the end or something like this. 
right? Or it was something about I think the, the video up. might have been titled "Bottom Up Index." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, because if you start from the end, we will have empty pages or something. I may be wrong. Let's not guess. Let's just provide some link and 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 read about it later again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you you mentioned Lucas. Uh, Fetal um, YouTube channel, Pigeonalize YouTube channel. Yeah. I, I I think it's underestimated because I, I would warn our audience because it's too deep. It's like it's you, very good, you, yeah. yeah, you should go there if you already not a new user of Postgres. But once you already know basics, it's super cool channel because it's very deep. It's very interesting. Uh, I I learn a lot every time I open it, so it's good. Yeah, okay. and short videos as well, like five minutes. Right, reverting us to yes. to the very beginning, I I should point to the fact that if you want to learn about hot updates, you previously I always say said you cannot find it in documentation because documentation didn't have anything about it. Now it has since Postgres 15 or 14, 15, right? But it has only small. Pay. It will not be enough for you. Like I mean, even if you just starting, if you want to understand how updates are wor working, I encourage everyone to open source code again and find README related to hot updates. Much more interesting information there. But of course, maybe too deep as well. But yeah, very in depth. I was going to say, but there is. It's quite beginner friendly. Like I, I looked at it earlier today, and there's a glossary even of, of kind of definitions, yeah, yeah, like even within the readme. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I'll include links to both of those. There's also one final kind of place that people could look into if they want. If you want uh, diagrams, or you're quite a visual learner, there's a good part of the guide by we've mentioned it before by Hironobu Suzuki. Internals. That, Exactly the internals book. It has the the online version. I've I can link to with diagrams of how this works. Yeah, and Igor Rogov's book also has this topic covered. Also internals worth mentioning. Well, okay, good. And finally, like uh, related to hot updates, I have uh, a feeling that a lot of things can be improved here. Definitely. For example, there was this discussion of uh, the idea of partial hot updates. So let's uh, have some indexes are updated in regular way, some in partial if it, it's possible. But as I know, it was not like the prototype was not yet finished. Maybe in future we, we will see some improvements in this area. I have strong feeling that can be much, much better in the future. But in general, Definitely, if you are thinking about this area, try to reach at least 13 or maybe 14 in terms of Postgres major version, you will feel much better. Right? Because yeah. in terms of visibility, in terms of how B3 indexes behave and so on. Okay, anything else related to hot updates? Yeah, I think it's quite important to recap. So the, the two big things needed to, to achieve a hot update are one, enough space on the page, and two, no index, no index columns being updated. And that kind of leads developers to two things you can do about this. One is make sure there's more space available on each page. So that's where fill factor tuning can be looked into. And then second one is make sure no index. So we've covered the kind of make sure your indexes, you don't have indexes on columns you want to update if you don't need them. So any, if you've got any unused indexes, this is a real benefit for cleaning those up. Or if there's a trade-off there to consider, if you've got a very right heavy workload, maybe you're okay with some reads being a bit slower as a result. So like there's that, 
that natural trade-off there. But the one we haven't talked about much is that fill factor tuning. And something I didn't know until today when I was reading up on it is that if you reduce the fill factor, so oh wait, if you have a partition table, it's quite nice. You can experiment on fill factor of new partitions, not in production maybe, but the other point that I learned today, though, was that you can change the fill factor on an existing table without rewriting it all. It doesn't change your past data, but you can benefit going forwards at least, which is something that's quite interesting as a as something you might actually be able to do. You don't have to do a full t- table rewrite or similar to to start getting the benefits going forwards. All right. So again, fill factor is the threshold when defining when new page should be allocated and used when new tuples are coming during inserts or updates, right? And for table, it's 100 by default. For indexes, it's 90 by default, meaning for for indexes, we are better prepared for new pages use. I mean, mean, to to avoid them, actually, right? To, To make them less likely to happen. But the question is, should we decrease fill factor for tables from 100 to 90 or 80, 70, 60, 50, maybe? I saw 50. Some people use 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. Answer is test always, yeah. right? <laughs> there is no magic answer. And it will depend on the data and especially on the workload and also on your activity of AutoVacuum. If you have not tuned AutoVacuum, you will not benefit a lot. So AutoVacuum will need to clean up very quickly. That's such a great point. And things that prevent cleanup are also problematic here. So, for example, if you have long-running transactions that prevent things being marked as dead. So there's a whole interplay in terms of system-level things to consider. Um, So yeah, testing and testing, I think, on something as realistic as possible is quite important here. So your pages need to be filled with data that's roughly realistic in order to determine whether there'll be space available. Or if you have a a long transaction on a physical standby with hot standby feedback on, or if you have a logical standby, which is lagging a lot, you will, your your auto vacuum will not do your proper work. And this is an issue. And in this case, uh, fill factor won't save you actually. Fill factor even make, will make things worse because more pages. Fill factor, if you reduce it, you will need more uh, space to store the same data, right? If you said f- initially, yes, to twice more. Well, not well, uh, yeah, yeah, initially, right, right, right. So experiments like I, I saw a blog post from CyberTech, which uh, for some synthetic benchmark workload showed that if you decrease fill factor from hundred to ninety, roughly you you have improve performance improvement for updates also like roughly ten percent, roughly. But further it's not so. If you in next ten percent doesn't give you, don't give you ten percent of performance improvement, only like a couple of percent. So maybe like uh, the conclusion is maybe you should have ninety for tables as well, right? Oh, you mean by default? Well, yeah. Well, as by you default said, in your application, but uh, we cannot say it's it's the rule for everyone. Uh, it should well, be tested. You- if you have append only, like if you have an append only workload or if you have append only tables, there's no point reducing it as far as I can tell. So it's only, we're only worried about right. update heavy Up, tables. If append only means no inserts, no, no updates, no deletes, then right. yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like yes, a log, exactly. log like table, exactly. which definitely should be partitioned and only one or two indexes maximum should be used on it. Okay. 
because inserts also modify indexes. There are no yeah. hot, hot inserts, unfortunately, right? Index, uh, insert always modify all indexes, unfortunately. So if you want very good performance for insert, you need to have fewer indexes, as few as possible. Interesting, right? yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I delete is that. the same. Delete also modify all indexes. There is no hot delete. I'm just like raising silly questions. Do we have hot delete? Answer is no, right? So delete will modify all. Both inserts and deletes, deletes uh, they will write to wall a lot because they need to implicitly, uh, they will modify all indexes uh, you have on table. So append only case, usually, like I see people pre prefer not having indexes at all, but maybe it's not a good idea as well, because like who will take care of uh, duplicates, for example, right? yeah. maybe it's not, it doesn't matter a lot, but still yeah, sometimes people key feels yeah. important anyway. It's, I think yeah, we've it's, covered that quite well. I think in I'm looking back over the question, we've covered fill factor, hot updates, kind of workloads, performance, when it, when it's worth customizing, and the age-old advice to how test it. How to control it, user tables. Yeah, exactly. How to monitor, how to look. Don't at, forget yeah. about buffers, right? Yeah. For a second, like buffers, a, YouTube viewers should see buffers, buffers, buffers. Yeah, Nikolai has a t-shirt on for anybody listening with explain, analyze, and then buffers in bold, bold. which is, right. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Keep the suggestions coming. We wouldn't, I don't think we'd have done this topic so early if we hadn't had it requested. So that's great. Thank you, Nikolai. De definitely. I would like, uh, like, I would be happy to hear about some real life stories, uh, production mm -hmm. stories related to fill factor and hot updates. It's, it's always interesting because we, we have some materials, but most of them are talking about some synthetic, like experimental environment, not about real production. And the production stories are always interesting to hear because they tend to, to be reproduced in other places. In fact, Adyen uh, shared that they changed their fill factor to 85%, which is super interesting. Interesting, yeah. Again, it'd be great to hear what numbers other people have settled on based on their own testing. Yep, good. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, everybody, and see you next week. Oh, it was episode number 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Almost half a year without interruptions, without breaks. Good. Thank you, everyone, for being with us absolutely See you next next till next week bye